Welcome once again to Hey Coach. This is Eric Reyes, and this is the podcast that takes a look at business concepts taken from coaching and the athletic sidelines. Thanks once again for tuning in. Normally, our interviews are about athletes who have transitioned from a specific sport into the business world. Today, our interview is going to be in two parts, because not only has our guest transitioned from basketball into the business world, but his business is helping others transition. Today's interview is with John Harris. The best way to predict the future is to create it. This was a quote that was said to be by Abraham Lincoln. This is also a quote that John Harris lives by. A former DePaul basketball player, John was named to the all-academic team four times. After college, John got an internship, then a position with the NFL in their educational program. But in 2004, John took a leap and left the NFL to take a chance and start Athlife, an industry leader in professional development, career development, and educational attainment for professionals and post-professional athletes. Athlite partners with NFL Players Association, the NBA, the NBA Players Legacy, Major League Soccer, Major League Soccer's Player Association, as well as many others. Also, through the creation of the Athlite Foundation, they are spearheading the creation of the Academic Coach, which supports high school athlete development. Currently, They are in 68 schools in 14 states. John Harris is a person driven to helping others achieve their dream. From the professional athlete in transition, to college players, to helping every high school in support of their student-athlete development. Please join me in my conversation with John Harris. John, thank you for coming on Hey Coach. Darren Rankin told me to give you a big shout out and say hello. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Darren's a great man. Now, Darren has been on my podcast. How do you know Darren? Darren is the ultimate networker. So 1996, I'm pretty sure I was um, I, I was a guest speaker at Northwestern Basketball Camp. I played over at DePaul, not much or often, but uh, he happened to be one of the camp counselors there. His brother played at Northwestern and he uh, he got to learn a little bit more about what I was doing with Athlete Transition, and we did the old exchange to the business cards, and this is back when email was still kind of a, a, a novel thing, and we rarely lived in the same city. I want to say in the, in the early 2000s, we both lived in New York, but um, we just were in the same business working in the sports industry, and you know, Super Bowls and Final Fours and NBA All-Stars. And I really got to know him well and um, became a really good friend of mine over the years. Well, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I know he's doing some stuff still with you. And we're going to get to that. Uh, normally, I just do your story and where you're at now. But where you're at now is, is so important that um, we're going to split it in two. So first, I want to hear your story from growing up and playing ball. Yeah, so, you know, I was the um, the champion sixth grade basketball player, right? And then I get to seventh grade and I sit on the bench and I realize I got to do 
I got to do something, you know, a little bit more focused. And I really loved the game of basketball. I was probably better at baseball at the time. And I worked my tail off and I went from sitting on the bench to the captain of my team and I had some pretty good players on my team and in my league. And so, you know, I had a couple opportunities to go play division three and, um, but I had always just been a fan of DePaul basketball, you know, the WGN, uh, the Rod Strickland's and, those great battles back with, you know, Notre Dame and Marquette and, yes. and even growing up in Syracuse, there's just something about it. And so I, funny thing, I called up coach Joe and I said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm interested in going there. I don't know if I can play, but I just want to be part of your program. I want to be a coach. And, um, you know, I showed up on campus, you know, all 150 pounds of me <laughs> soaking wet and, um, you know, it's a little bit more of the story, but he, you know, threw me in a few drills that first week of practice when one of the players got hurt. And the next thing you know, I got a practice uniform and by mid season, I was um, sitting on the, sitting on the bench for games and did a lot of sitting on the bench for games, but, you know, got four years. And by the time I was a senior, got a scholarship and just a wonderful experience. And, you know, really, and again, with, with the idea of that, um, I was really had coaching at the forefront. And when I graduated, getting into coaching, it was probably harder to get into coaching than it is into playing. There's less spots, right? Right, right. So I, I ended up um, getting an internship working for uh, a nonprofit that was helping build the education program for the NFL. So this is 1995, 93, the collective bargaining agreement um, came out with the NFL and the NFLPA. And they said, we have to do more for players. One of the things was degree completion and advanced degrees. And I had this great opportunity. So I interned, I was getting my master's. I was coaching high school basketball, did that for five years, not intern. I got a real job with them eventually. Right, right. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, 2000 comes along and the NFL offers me a job to come set up and run the education program and just really unbelievable opportunity. So I, I, I started there in 2001 and, got to build. And I think that was a common thing. I got to build that program. I got to build it again within the walls of the NFL. And really the biggest problem that then, you know, was in front of us was when they became a former player, I had nowhere to send them. Right. So, right. so now I got former players calling. I'm like, well, you don't work for the company anymore. So I took a leap of faith in 2004 and um, it took a while for the former player services to get built, really give a lot of credit to the NFLPA. Among all the leagues and unions we currently work with now, they committed to me working with a small group of guys. We, you know, that's, it started with 10 guys. Um, you know, I would say on any given day, we're working between within six and 700 active you know, current former players right now. Wow. Um, it's grown to that. Uh, we, we had a scholarship period with former NFL players just this past six weeks. We're at 327 former players apply for scholarship for degree completion, advanced degrees, et cetera. So to your point, like there's two parts to the story. There's my story, but then there's also the business that we built and they really go hand in glove. Right, right. Well, I looked at your website and you, you don't just only work with the NFL. I've I see you work with major league soccer, yeah, the, we work the with, NBA, uh, yeah. colleges, high school. I mean, you're, you're helping everyone. We are. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we work with, you know, the, the big chunk of, 
um, on the pro side, we work with a lot of former players. On the active side, we work with active players, um, you know, through the NBA, NFL, PA, uh, Major League Soccer. Um, and then there's all these other various constituencies. So there's like the NBA Legacy Fund. So that's for former NBA players with like three years of experience. There's the National Basketball Retired Players Association, which also includes WNBA. So we have this wide variety of constituents that each has a specific role in supporting athlete transition. Um, and then on the college side, we did a ton of work with colleges, and, but that required me getting on a lot of airplanes. And, you know, it sounds cool that I'm running out to Alabama and Mississippi, but then you're for four days in Oxford, Mississippi, and you're missing your kids grow up. So we, you know, we, we've changed that model. We're definitely doing a little, you know, especially now in the remote world, we're actually kind of relaunching and being able to do some things more remotely. Um, but the VAT, I mean, you talk about the scale of impacting our high school programming is, and that's through our nonprofit arm. So I serve as president of the board of our nonprofit and we have, you know, at this point, over 80 schools and over 10,000 kids have a person in place working with student athletes on the high school level. We just support them in their efforts and what they're doing. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, did you find like a calling? Because it seems like you kind of fell into the uh, with the NFL. You got that job. But it seems like there was there was a bigger calling for you to help more the retired people. It just seemed like there was something was pulling you to that direction. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of um, it's addictive, right? So you're working with somebody and then they have a positive experience and then they get to that next phase. Right. And then and you've you know, you got this caseload and you're helping people and, you know, and I, and I coached and I still coached my I still coach my kids now and I love it, but I, I felt like I was really like, it's one thing to teach someone the mic and drill. It's another one, you know, and that's great. That's fun, but this is serious business. Like you're really helping someone get to that next place in life. And I got a really nice note from a player um, last week. He said, "Hey, 13 years ago, you worked with me. You helped me break into pharmaceutical or uh, medical device sales, and I just, you know, I just want to let you know I've had an incredibly successful career. I see what you're doing on your nonprofit side. I want to help. If I can ever be a mentor to other players, like you, just th- those are the types of things that feed you and say, hey, do I want to do that or do I want to teach another, you know, bunch of kids to mic and trail, Right? Well, I can right. do both, and I feel like." my value uh, because I've developed this expertise and we've developed me and the staff, our incredible staff has been working with elite athletes across the board for, you know, we have over 125 years of combined experience. We're able to make much greater of a societal impact. So to your point about calling, yeah, I guess, you know, that you just get excited every day getting up knowing that you're going to, you know, you're going to help people, you know, that there's some currency in that. Right. Right. Now I'm going to take it to a couple of different levels. First, let's talk about the, uh, the professionals. Now, is there something that let's say a professional athlete can do now to help them to something that's going to be inevitable for every athlete, which is an end to their career? Yeah. So, and some do, you know, and, and there's this, 
this arc continuum. There's a group that will will never ever do anything while they're playing other than play. And, you know, we've resigned ourselves to the fact we still are driven to try to get them to do things, but there's just some guys who won't. Then there's guys that if they never met anybody in our staff, they would be fine. You know, I think we're helpful to them, but then there's this group in the middle. And again, I think the NFLPA has done a great job with that. And I think soccer is doing a great job with it in the last couple of years. Now they have some great leadership there in Jamil Northcutt. And I think the NBA has definitely been doing a lot more um, with that as well. With you know, with Greg Taylor and Jamila have done a great job of creating opportunities for players because not every guy's LeBron James, right? There's right. a lot of guys. The average career of an NFL guy is three years. So you're going to be 24, 25 years old. You're going to be cycling out, and then you're going to be like with basketball. You can go play in Europe, you know, and that's going to further delay your development. Whereas in football, yeah, you can go to Canada. Most guys don't. They just start working. So we, we've we developed and have really systematized the guys working on one thing every offseason. So work on your LinkedIn. Work on your resume. Do Get your degree completion plan in order. Do an internship or externship. Do something. So if you go three years, you're going to walk away with a, li- a little bit further ahead. And the whole idea is rapid player transition. When you're done – Usually the average career transition is about two years because the player is like really the last guy to realize that he's done. Right. 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 So we're trying to shorten that time frame because that's where they go broke. It's not like they're in the club throwing money around. Right. Sure. Some guys do that, but mostly it's your work. You're working, meaning you're training, but you're not getting paid because you think that you're going to have that opportunity. So we just try to get guys to have as much as much inventory, if you will. So that way, when that day comes where they're like, no one's calling me back or I'm done. Now they can more quickly take their experience, right? Their transit, their transferable skills from playing and these other experiences, whether internship, externship, they have a decent resume, they have a LinkedIn profile, and now they can, you know, much more quickly get that opportunity. And that's the goal across the board. Um, but we're also working with the NBA and the G League players in this new player pathway program. So guys are are going from high school, they're skipping college, and they're going to play for this team Ignite. So we're working with those guys. And, and the focus of that isn't, hey, your career is going to be over tomorrow because Jalen Green's career is not going to be over tomorrow. Right, right exactly, exactly. Um, but having them do things that are going to help them be better um, and translate over to, to you know team culture but also start planting the seed for how they can prepare themselves for, you know, what they can do in their career that will eventually help them catapult out of their basketball career into that next thing. Well, I had this conversation with Darren and um, that's kind of like what this podcast is about, where there are so many transferable uh, skills from sports to the business world. And um, unless they kind of sit down and kind of get it into their heads or someone tells them, look, these are, these are skills like leadership, time management, culture, structure, yep. all that stuff is stuff that they know because they're living it. Yep. And uh, when I was talking with Darren, he said he put those skills on his resume. Yeah. You didn't work for a company and said, okay, you know, I was the, you know, the head of this project, but you were on a team. You did leadership. You were the, the captain of your, your, your college team. Yeah. Whatever it is, those are transferable skills that they need to be told, hey, you know, you do you do know these things. 
Yeah. And resilience is the biggest one. I think, I mean, athletes are really good at losing and then still showing back up on the next player or the next game. I think that's the number one skill. And that's why companies more and more want to hire athletes is they understand that like business is tough and you need people who are, you know, resilient and grinders and who work hard. And so I think that it's becoming more and more understood is becoming more and more prevalent in society. They like, Hey, we, we understand that that athletes are bringing more to the tables. They're not all dumb jocks. I always love throwing the stat out there that, you know, half of the guys in the NFL have their degree If the half that don't two thirds are a year or less away. So you're talking about most guys have a college degree or are close, right? That's a vast majority compare that to general society and general society is more about 30%. And again, that doesn't mean if you don't have a degree, you know, you're not bringing value or vice, or if you do vice versa, but they're far more educated um, than the general population, you know, at least NFL guys are. And as you know, statistically, if, if you have your degree, you're gonna make a lot more money and you make a million dollars more in over the course of your life. So, you know, that's something that is an equalizer. And when you talk about social justice now, what are the, what's one of the things that everyone's talking about that one of the key things people need, it's education and it's financial resources, like it's owning businesses, et cetera. And more and more players are getting involved in that because they know that's going to help change some of the social norms that, that are some of the social norms that quite frankly, are, are a bit outdated and need to be changed. Exactly. I was uh, speaking to someone uh, a couple of weeks ago. I had him on my podcast and he said he went to this company and he noticed all these big guys. He goes, we had, he goes, that company had all these large men working for them. And he goes, like, what do you feed these guys? And the guy says, oh, he goes, we love to hire linemen. He goes, linemen know how to work together. They're very focused. They don't have the eyes on them because they're so used to just being on the line. Yeah. And unfortunately, linemen, out of all the jobs in the NFL and actually in, in all of sports, linemen's careers are, are the shortest. Yeah. Well, what's so funny about that, and that's a great tie to Darren. So Darren's been on the, bo- on the board of our foundation since the inception. But he also, about five years ago, I actually had a a former player who's actually a a dear friend came to me and he said, hey, I want to create an award, college football award that celebrates not an individual like the Heisman, but um, best offensive line in the country. He's a former offensive lineman who who won the uh, Lombardi. His name's Aaron Taylor. And I was just like blown away. I was like, boy, what a great idea. So I pulled in Darren on that. I was like, Darren, let's help Aaron create this award. So we joined his board to create the foundation for teamwork, which goes to, so you have all these unsung guys. So it's been great. It's the trophy itself weighs like 800 pounds. (laughs) Um, And it's voted on by all guys who either played or coached the offensive line. And Aaron, you know, serves as chair of that committee. But you have like Michael Jr. and Cole Klubik. And you have he's a great committee um, that, you know, he's put together. And, um, yeah, it's been awarded um, to Alabama. It's currently sitting in LSU's locker room. But it's been to Iowa, Notre Dame. um, And it's this huge trophy that's sitting in there. there, um, but, But it was built 
on the premise of teamwork, right? The whole foundation and, and that was built. And so that's another connection with Darren. He probably didn't tell you about that because yeah, he's no. involved. He's involved in a lot of things. <laughs> so so now let's let's go to the the high school. Yep. Um now of course the high school players can help themselves, but what what type of things I see on your website? You have a couple of different projects. What what's something that a school or um, maybe a, an administrator or something can do to help these players, you know, in their transition? Because not every kid in high school is going to be a player in college. Yeah, only about ten percent. So I guess I, I, I like stories. So you know, the way we try to contextualize with people is John Thompson, the late John Thompson Jr. Um, when he got the job at Georgetown, his first hire was not a, a men's basketball coach. It was an academic coach. And so he did that because he said, look, we're going to bring in student athletes to Georgetown and, and they're going to be able to compete academically. We have to have somebody who can help them through, you know, sort through all that. So that profession didn't exist back in the you know early 70s. And now every college and university has staff of people helping the athletes with academic support and life skill and career transition. And we're just creating that on the high school level. So we've gone out and got grant funding. Um, the Heisman trust, for instance, um, you know, we, we've gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars from them over the years to go out. We do a call for applications in, in New York. So schools apply for money and they invest, they self-invest and then we match it. And then over time, they take ownership of these positions, these academic coach positions, and they're doing the same thing they're doing in college. They're running study hall. They're having them do community service. You know, they're also having them make sure they're taking the, you know, checking all the boxes for NCAA initial eligibility and taking the SAT and ACT. So while a vast majority won't go on to play athletically, they can all graduate and compete academically. And I think that's the key is you use the trick of sport to get the kid hooked. And then that opens up their life options to them, whether they participate in college athletics or not. And that's really the key. So now your company is Athlife. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I looked at your, your website and you're doing a lot. And I also noticed a couple of things, which um, you have this foundation. That's yeah. Uh, that's so, for the high school, and that's yeah. for the that's for the high school. So there's there was different things. There was a uh, development. There was grants. And there's is it three ace? Yeah. So going to a high school and saying, "Hey, the Athlife Foundation," it, it takes a little too much to explain. But when you talk about three ace, three ace is the community of all the people who do that work. So whether we fund you or not, because eventually we're not going to fund you. You're going to be off on your own. We seed fund to get you going. But then there's people out there who are already doing this, right? And we provide this national support network for that group. You know, it's the Alliance of Academic Coaches and Educators, right? These are people who are passionate about helping student athletes. And so, you know, we've even recently in the last couple of weeks, we had a woman on every two weeks, we do a call with the, all of them get on a zoom and they just talk about the challenges that are going on, be it in Orlando or Newark or North Carolina, or we've got a couple in Montana on, on uh, native American reservations, right? right? That they're all dealing with issues of 
student athlete engagement in particular in this time right now when there's not sports happening or in Orlando sports are happening and it's also happening, you know, that, so the great conversation amongst that group. So we had a, we had a, a woman from Arizona jump on, you know, we hadn't, I first met her. She's like, Oh, we're already doing this down here. Great. Join the network, be part of it, sharing the resources. And then we try to tie things in across the organization. So we've had a number of professional and post-professional athletes do zoom pop-ins to the schools to motivate the kids. So Hunter Pence came in from the San Francisco Giants into one of the schools nice. and, and uh, Vernon Davis. And then we have guys, you know, n- who aren't household names that popped in and the kids are just as excited that any professional or post-professional athlete is willing to pop in and, you know, get them excited uh, about education in school and the importance uh, of school. I'd say it's funny that you said that, that they get excited because, um, my son played college football. He was a long snapper at uh, Bryant University. And um, even when he shows up every so often to the high school, it's almost like he was an NFL player, <laughs> like yeah. this big name person. But it's just someone else at a place where they want to go to yeah. or they aspire to that it just takes that little bit to motivate. That's the right. Aspirational is the right word. You know, you, you, you know, especially in a time right now, it's, there's a lot of, of negativity out there. So any positivity that you can inject, any excitement that you can inject. So we just try to do that. We try, we try to do things that, um, you know, elevate the human experience, you know, whether no matter what we're doing, whether it's with professional, post-professional athletes, or, you know, it's at the high school athletes, or even, you know, we have a whole separate uh, sports marketing and entertainment business too, that, you know, it's just about getting people excited and motivated about the potential in their future. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now I saw something that came up on my email, uh, a 10th anniversary of Of ESPN, the magazine. Yes. The ESPN magazine, the Marvel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, as we were building this business, you know, I've always been open to opportunity and when we first started, I was moved to San Diego for a few years and I was doing some work with the Chargers and I came across an educational technology. It was great. We worked with them for a while and I happened to have a relationship with the president of Marvel Entertainment and I was sharing with him what we were doing. And he's like, oh, we were building out Marvel Kids, bit of a story, but I was trying to, we were integrating that. And then they had this movie, Iron Man, that came out, you might've heard of, uh, but all right. <laughs> And they kind of shifted some resources, but he said, hey, look, there's something about sport and comics. Um, You're already having conversations with teams. You know, would you guys be interested in taking that on? I was like, sure. You know, like I'm running around with Marvel's logo. Why not? Sounds awesome. And so um, these programs take all took a long time to build, like where we are now, like starting with a group of 10 and then working to where we are now with the hundreds of athletes that are sent to us by the leagues and unions each year that didn't happen overnight. So we built out some other, you know, creative programs. Like I talked about the Joe Moore award earlier. So, you know, we did a number of different things that ESPN, the magazine, we did a takeover of, you know, athletes and as superheroes and what it eventually led to was teams really need hooks to get attendance And so we built out some programming with Marvel and some crossover programs to where we did over 
I think it was 87 activations in 2019 and 2020, we were, we were gearing, we were rolling towards breaking a hundred with obviously with COVID hit. Right. Right. Uh, but we're still working with Marvel on a number of executions. We did, you know, we're doing digital things now. We just did one with Tops um, and some, you know, Marvelizing some of their uh, some of the players, Clayton Kershaw and Aaron Judge, and it was pretty fun uh, digital experience. But teams are already back in planning for next year, so we have a, a team that's focused on that. We've done some other thing in sport and entertainment. Uh, we're working on a sports doc right now. We're working on. We did some. Uh, product placement with the last, last chance you. So we have a group of people, again, very fun, exciting stuff um, where we can create opportunities for athletes and athletic organizations to, to elevate the fan experience and, you know, drive revenue for them. And, and it solves a problem on the Marvel side as well. So it was pretty, pretty fun one that we've, uh, that we've been able to build over the years. Well, that, that's great. And like I said, I love what you're doing. Like I said, you have scholarships, um, yeah, so a lot of the leagues and unions, I guess, taking it by by bucket, a lot of the leagues and unions have uh, scholarship and in, in tuition reimbursement programs. So we help guys navigate that. So for instance, the NFLPA, in the last six weeks, uh, there's three periods a year, we had 327 uh, former players apply for the trust scholarship. So they get $20,000 a year. Um, and that's ne- that's not kept. They can come back every year. So um, we had 327 guys last year. We helped um, the guys put together plans that allowed them to access 3.9 million dollars of scholarship. Awesome. And we'll we'll break that this year, especially with this last period. And then um, there's other things we can point athletes to if they don't qualify for those scholarships or reimbursement programs that the NCA offers. Um, we're not involved with the NCA on that per se, but you know we know where the where the where the opportunities are. And then on the high school side, um, we're more about student athletes, and and this is like scholarship programs. There's so many of them, right? Right. So we're more about the student athletes unlocking the existing opportunities, right? So first of all, you got to have you got to graduate, and you got to have the grades, right? right. So. Right. You can even get there. And then when you do the high school, the people in place at the high schools are able to either through through them or through existing resources that exist at the school that the students don't tap, unlocking scholarship dollars. Or now this student athlete qualifies, is an NCAA qualifier, and therefore can tap the scholarship resources. I mean, it was, it was, I don't know if you saw the expose in the um, Washington post about George Floyd, but I encourage you to read the whole thing. Um, I think it was about a week ago. One of the things it talks about was he was a a pretty prominent high school athlete down at Yates and um, he did not handle his grades. He had teammates who did those teammates were able to go somewhere he ended up bouncing around the junior college ranks and, you know, with this promise that athletics, this carrot, but he wasn't given the resources around that. Um, and sadly, you know, obviously, I mean, the, the whole story is so sad, but tragic, sad yes. is not the word. Um, but you can't help but think of if we could, the more resources we can provide if George or, 
anyone in that situation now has access to resources that are going to make them get knock out the things that they need to knock out, they can hopefully not be in a situation where they have to bounce around. They can at least get somewhere, you know, they're going to have the support around them. Like, you know, John Thompson put around his student athletes. Well, again, what you're doing is awesome. I got two more questions for you. Sure thing. Uh, my, my first topical set question is what could a school do? Let's say, um, Let's say I'm the athletic director of a high school mm-hmm. or even a coach. Um, I find out about you guys. What would be my first step? How should I take that step to try to help these, these student athletes a bit more? Yeah, I would say Jeff McCann's the executive director of our foundation, Jay McCann at athletefoundation.org or go to athletefoundation.org website. Anybody can join the three A's community for free cost no money. We are just a resource for all the schools that either we're supporting or just want to get involved. We have schools joining every week from all over the country that um, have these positions in place. And again, every other week, we're all getting together, having conversation about what's going on, how they can, you know, bounce off ideas, you know, off each other to, to help solve some of the problems. You know, I want to say that woman from Arizona last week, was struggling with something with NCA initial eligibility. And we got her connected to Trey Heater over at the NCA to help her sort through that. Awesome. A couple of weeks before that, one of our schools in Orlando have they had no computers. So I reached out to a couple of the C level people I know, Darren included. You know, it always <laughs> comes back to Darren. And um, we got them to donate a bunch of computers to the school. You know, Darren and CMD got, you know, a dozen computers over to the school and and like when the first one arrived, the school was just like, this is amazing. They're like, oh, wait, there's a whole bunch. More. <laughs> and again, that's not what we do, but we did it because we could, right? Because we right. had a network of people. So I would say there are tons of advantages for being part of the 3 Ace Connected community and join that. And then look, we're in, um, we've got uh, grant applications for Chicago and New Orleans right now in particular, where New York, we still have money to give. Um, if there's schools, we have different geographic regions where I still have money allocated that, you know, and, and I don't have money in every region, but if there's demand, then that's my responsibility and our board's responsibility to go out and see if we can get the money to support if it's necessary. But some schools might already have this in place and they're just looking for someone to tap the resources that, that we can provide them. Right. Okay. My final one is <laughs> always my last question. It's fourth and goal. Yeah. You got one minute left on the clock and the game's on the line. Give us something to finish with. Well, well, my wife knows this. I always want the ball. Put it in basketball terms. Give me the ball. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'd say this. Organizationally, uh, we love to solve problems, like hard problems, and we welcome that. And you know, there's a quote, it's on my LinkedIn and and I say it often as the staff knows is from Abraham Lincoln is the best way to predict the future is to create it. So that's what we pride ourselves on is probably a vast majority of things that we're doing right now. You know, we didn't invent career transition, and but we figured out a really good way to provide a, a really high touch level of service to help solve that problem with a very specific constituency. And that gets us excited. So I don't think we're inventing anything new over here, but I think when we find a problem in the market 
I think what we really do as an organization, and again, this isn't me, there's a lot of people in our organization who are all very like-minded is like, we like to tackle it and hedgehog it a little bit. If you're from Collins, good to great, right? right? We really like to dig in and focus on it. And that's how you can go from, if you can really, as anybody who's really trying to, if you're out there and you're really trying to figure out how you want to solve something, identify it, and then just grind and go after it. And there's just no way around it. Nothing is easy. Nothing is given. But if you're passionate about something and you're really focused, it's time and effort. It's just time and effort. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to put the information from Athlete on uh, the show notes. How could they find out more other than that? Uh, you're on LinkedIn, I assume, which I see. Yeah. Yeah. Hit, hit me on LinkedIn. If look, it, There's a lot of ways. If you're a company and you're interested in hiring athletes, uh, we have an externship program that we help the NFLPA with. There'll be over 90 externs, 90 NFL players doing externships this year. If you're somebody who we struck the chord with you about helping student athletes, we're always looking for new funding partners. If you're an administrator and you really want to get this in your school, we're always looking for more people. Again, everybody knows in, in our circle, I say it often, by the time I leave this planet, I want to make sure that um, it's my mission to try to have this in every school. And so that's going to take an, an, a tremendous amount of work and effort, but it's a snowball effect, I believe, you know, uh, and, and I believe we're at, we're, we're on the right track for that. Like I said, I'm going to put all this information on the show notes. I think what you're doing is so important. And every chance I get, I'm going to tell people about Athlife because like I said, I think it's something that has been, the ball's been dropped for so long. And I'm glad, like you said, they gave you the, you, you took the ball yeah. and you, and you ran with it. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll more than likely, and Darren won't agree with this. I will pass it more than, more <laughs> than likely, but not always, but Darren will act like I take all the shots, but he's really just, you know, he takes them all, but, but thank you again for having me and, and allowing us to tell our story. And um, we're very excited about the work and the opportunity we have to do this work every day. Well, again, thanks for your time, man. John Harris and Athlife are doing so many great things. Normally I talk about what I've gotten from the conversations, but today I'm calling for action. If you're a company looking to hire an athlete or give other support, please reach out to Athlife. If you're an administrator, a coach, or a parent who is active in a school, please reach out to Jeff McCann at the Athlife Foundation. I'll put his information on the show notes also. Let's get together and help to make sure that no athletes falls between the cracks. If we all can get one high school involved in this program, we can lift up thousands of student athletes. I'm going to put all of Athlete and John's information on the show notes. And once again, if you like what you're hearing from me, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It does help bring more people to my podcast. Please give me a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments for me, please reach me at eric at heycoachreyes.com. 
I love to hear from you. Have a great week. And let's all grab this ball. Take care.